KYW Original Podcasts. This is KYW In-Depth. My name is Matt Leon. There is a lot going on these days. Of course, the pandemic continues to rage around the country. We've had violence. We've had peaceful and continuing protests, disturbing acts of racism. It can be overwhelming for adults. But what about children? How do we know what they are processing and how they are doing it? What questions should we ask them? How important is it to check in and make sure they are doing okay with everything going on around them? Now, to discuss all this, we checked in with Dr. Jennifer Rich. She is an assistant professor in the Department of Sociology and Anthropology at Rowan University. She is also the executive director of the Rowan Center for Holocaust and Genocide Studies. Had a really interesting conversation. Give a listen. So we are dealing with a lot right now. I've talked with friends, and I agree with this, that I've seen written and spoken about other way, other places, that it feels like we're living through 1918, 1968, and 1929, kind of all at the same time. It's a lot for me as an adult. I can only imagine for kids, uh, should we be concerned about our children getting overwhelmed by this moment? in history we're living through? The short answer is yes. Um, I think it's absolutely fair to be concerned about our kids and and how quickly things are moving and what it is that they're taking in, uh, the messages that they're getting, and the lack of social interaction that, you know, that comes with them being home for months and months at a time with no clear end in sight. What kind of conversations do you think we should be having with our children? And with everything we're seeing from the virus, from the protests, to the blatant racism we've seen on display, is it important to let them come to us and answer their questions, or should we be more proactive with our kids and check in with stuff? Because my reaction is I don't want to overwhelm them and would rather them come to me, but is that, not that there's a right or a wrong answer, but how do you look at it? So I have two different answers. With thinking about the virus, I think that it's scary for all of us. The unknown, the fact that the science is changing all of the time. And at this point, kids have a sense of the fact that there's a virus, that they're trying to keep themselves healthy, that they wear masks to keep other people healthy, that we socially distance, that we wash hands more now than we once did. And I think that is, for the most part, sort of established in the country and in large pockets of the country at the moment. And I think waiting for questions from kids about the length or the severity of the virus is is probably appropriate now. When it comes to talking about the protests and the racism, I have a different answer and I have a different answer actually than I might have given not long ago or, or in other situations. And a framework that I've always used when I'm teaching pre-service teachers, student, college students who are studying to become teachers, about how we talk about challenging subjects with, with students was always based on things like the age of the kids that we're talking about, the proximity to the event. So if we were talking about, for example, um, a shooting that took place in your state or your town, it makes sense to talk to young kids about it and also any personal knowledge, right? So if you're in a classroom and a student has some sort of personal touch with the the hard conversation, I think it makes sense to talk to kids about it. 
And in this instance, I've really been grappling with that both as a professional and as a parent because of my privilege as a white woman with a white family. And I think that the conversations that black parents are having with their children are happening far earlier, far more often than, um, than they are in white homes. And that that's because I don't have to talk to my children about safety when they're walking on the street, when they're with, you know, my older son is going into eighth grade and he's six foot three and he's constantly walking around after, you know, outside in the dark with a hood on. And it's never once occurred to me to have to tell him for his own safety that that's not okay, that something might happen to him. Um, So all of that's a a long way of saying I'm wrong, I think, if I don't have those conversations with with my children. I have students that I I work with that talk about this idea of feeling, you know, white guilt, and they're being made to feel guilty if they're white because they don't have to... uh, you know, because that's their privilege and and they are unhappy about that. And I think that we all can feel guilty if we're not doing anything with our privilege. But in talking to my young white children about race and systemic racism, I think it is my responsibility to bring it to them because they don't have their own personal touches with this. No one in their family has experienced this. And it's my job, I think, to help teach them to become allies and advocates and to use the privilege that they have to help people who, who don't. What should we be looking for? Cause I'm, I have an eight year old and a 17 year old and I don't worry about the 17 year old in this moment. She's pretty headstrong. She has a good idea of how the world works, but with the, the eight year old, what should we be looking for, for kids that are overwhelmed? Are there certain things like they withdraw, change personality stuff. I mean, are, are those a couple of the things? And what other things should we look for if we're concerned that our kids are just kind of getting overwhelmed by everything going on around them? Sure. Um, so I'm answering this as a, a teacher and a professor and a parent, not as a, a counselor or a mental health professional. And what what I know about kids who are experiencing anxiety uh, when life becomes overwhelming, they become, as you said, withdrawn angry, cranky, uh, irritable when they might not have been before. Eating habits change, sleeping patterns change. It does in this moment feel a little bit tricky to tell when kids are becoming withdrawn because there aren't as many options for them in terms of socializing, Um, you know, but withdrawn at, at home. You know, younger kids certainly with regressing, you know, becoming more, uh, you know, more like a, a younger, a younger child potentially having accidents at night, reverting to thumb sucking or finger sucking when they haven't in a while. Those are all signs that there is, if not anxiety, a level of worry that is worth attending to. And is it as much as comforting them, talking to them, kind of working through it? Is that the best way to kind of attack it? Um, Certainly it's the best first step. With all kids, that doesn't work. And then you need to move on to engaging with a counselor, you know, the child's primary care physician is a good first step. Um, But before that, letting kids know that the things they're feeling and experiencing are normal, normalizing worry with kids is okay. Talking to them about the fact that worry sometimes makes them feel a certain way in their body 
worry feels physically different for everybody, right? Your heart might race, you might feel tired, you might feel like you can't stop thinking about things or like you can't concentrate on anything. And helping kids name the physical feelings of their worry or anxiety can be really helpful. And then letting them know that everybody gets anxiety or gets worry sometimes and, and it's okay. And reminding them when it's true that they're safe and helping them understand how they can be safe and also helping kids understand that they're also empowered to do, to do good things in the world gives them a sense of, of helping, right? We all feel more empowered, stronger when we've been able to help in some way. And so I think giving what one outlet for kids and their worry or anxiety is reminding them that there are still ways to, to be helpers. Is it a, and I don't know if good or bad, sometimes I'll be watching the news and the eight year old comes in and he asks me a couple questions based on what he sees. Should we shield them from the news or is it good? And I don't, you know, obviously I'm not saying sit and watch CNN for six hours, but to, to kind of watch it with them and kind of work through everything they're seeing and try to help break it down as best you can. I'm a real advocate for hard conversations, whether we're talking about at home or in the classroom. I think that the earlier we expose kids to age-appropriate issues on the news, if, if our kids are seeing the uh, Black Lives Matter protest and asking about that, I think that it's... Um, really helpful for them to start thinking about it, you know, even engaging kids in conversations about the monuments and what's being taken down and what isn't and why are some people wearing masks and some people aren't and why are there different rules in different places? Um, You know, regardless of the issue, I think that the world becomes scarier when we don't understand it. And I know as an adult, certainly I'm feeling that now, right? There's so much uncertainty in the world. There's so much unrest and that that makes me uncomfortable. And with kids, if they're constantly coming in and the news is on and we turn it off and we don't let, you know, and and then they're left to their imagination. And I think that can create sort of worse imagined scenarios than we're actually seeing in real life. With regards to school, obviously the, you know, just about everyone's been home since mid-March uh, right now, as we're talking, the fall is very much in the air. I guess not so much maybe for older kids, but for your elementary school kids. The longer they're out of school, even if they're homeschooling, the harder it's going to get to get back into the rhythm of school, correct? Yes. When we think about kids who are younger, who have perhaps are just starting school for the first time and in kindergarten um, or pre-K, you know, we're in school for an interrupted year last year as, you know, maybe even in kindergarten or first grade, um, the idea of going back after being home for so long. And the message has been being home is safe. And at some point, we're going to have to switch the message to now it's also safe at school again. And this is what changed. And um, as anyone who is a parent or a teacher knows, um, kids aren't always rational. And explaining that to them is going to take lots of tries. It's going to take, I think, lots of sort of false starts and helping them understand that things are becoming safer again. And depending on how school is run, right? Like there are some districts that are thinking about having half the school present for a week and then the next half a week after 
and helping kids think about, is it still safe if I'm not there? Is it going to be safe to go back again in two weeks? Um, so I think there are lots of questions, good, reasonable questions that kids are going to be asking as we think about reopening schools, but helping kids understand that schools are safe again, I think is a real challenge that we're all going to have to, to grapple with as, as parents and as teachers. And I'd like to end on a positive note. When you look at all that these kids are having to absorb, deal with the conversations, is it hopeful to think that we're going to have a pretty resilient generation here that has had to deal with a lot and therefore might be able to really do great things going forward. Not that other gender, but this is a group that has kind of seen how tricky and dirty life can be. And is it too much to think that that's going to help them down the road? I think it's a, a, Wonderful thought to to not only hold on to as a as the hope, but as a reality. Um, we have lots of young kids that are living through some really scary times, and you know, obviously, the last global pandemic was was a century over a century ago. Um, and our kids are, you know, hopefully, this is a once in a lifetime experience for them. They're learning to or relearning how to how to play how to solve their own problems, what to do when they're bored. They're thinking about how to create a, a world that is safer and, and more just. And I believe, uh, again, as a, as a parent and as a teacher, that when these kids grow up, they're going to be able to make real social change. That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon. 